Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. The show is brought to you by Conversa, a podcasting agency that helps B2B brands start podcasts to connect with prospects, generate content, and grow brand awareness. I'm Jeremy Shearer, and my guest today is Steve Watt, Director of Market Insights at Seismic, a sales enablement platform. Steve, it's really a thrill to have you on the show. Thanks, Jeremy. I'm looking forward to our chat. And, you know, I say thrill because I feel like I've known you for a while through LinkedIn. I follow you on LinkedIn. I'm a regular commenter on a lot of your posts. One of many, I should say. You know, I'll let our audience know that Steve is, while being Director of Market Insights to Seismic, is also a very prominent and active LinkedIn presence. Is it fair to call you a LinkedIn influencer? Is that <laughs> an appropriate term? Uh, you know, that word is a loaded word. I have mixed feelings oh, yeah. about that. Let's go with, with lowercase I influencer. Um, okay. I, I don't know how you define it. I like to think that I have earned some trust yeah. and some reputation and thereby have earned some influence on LinkedIn. That said, um, I don't monetize that directly. I sure. don't sell. You can't pay me to talk about your company or all those things that one word yeah. would say are part and parcel of being a capital I influencer. So let's just say I'm a very enthusiastic member of the LinkedIn community who has earned a little bit of influence on the way. Is that fair? Okay. Yeah, that, that is more than fair. And I mean, I, I have no compunction on referring to you as, as a lowercase I influencer simply because when you post things, people respond. People are interested in what you have to say, and you get a lot of engagement and activity on LinkedIn. And I, I think that qualifies. I'll take it. And I appreciate that, Jeremy. And yeah, I mean, I love it there. I know we're going to go into this in more depth as, as we speak, but I mean, really showing up and speaking up authentically on LinkedIn has been huge for me. I mean, it has accelerated my career. It's brought in business to my employer. I've learned so much. I've made some amazing friends and partners and colleagues. And yeah, I, I'm a I'm a giant advocate of what it can do for you. In fact, that's what we're going to talk about today. So tell us kind of your LinkedIn story, how you got started on the platform and sort of what you've learned about how to use LinkedIn as, as you were just describing a little bit sort of the outcomes. But I want to dig into how you got to where you are today on LinkedIn and all these good things that are happening for you on the platform. So tell us that tale. I've been kicking around LinkedIn for a long time, since 2006. LinkedIn launched in 2003. So it's pretty amazing to think we are getting very close to 20 years of LinkedIn. And I've been there for most of it. 2006, I was an MBA student. And the guy who sat next to me, who became my friend, and then at one point became my boss, he said, you got to get on LinkedIn. That's where all the jobs are. The good ones anyways. I'm like, okay, I know what this thing is. So, you know, I did what everybody did. I uploaded my resume onto LinkedIn and then I sat around waiting for fortune to come to me. And that's all anyone ever did. And then later I went to work for LinkedIn. I worked for LinkedIn for three years from 2011 to 2014. And at that time, LinkedIn was really evolving. It was becoming much more than just jobs. It was it was becoming a, a place for marketers. It was becoming a place for salespeople. It was becoming a place where even within the hiring realm, companies were focusing not just on transactional job posting, but also on building an employer brand. So it was becoming a lot more. 
I still really didn't do much. Personally, it's a place for companies. And then later, a few years after that, when I was working in tech, I started to write on LinkedIn as a human, as a personal voice. Yeah, I was talking about my company, but I wasn't just being a company cheerleader. I was actually trying to honestly share some things that we were learning. And I realized I was getting a lot of engagement, like sometimes more than my company. Now, I was a small company, so it wasn't that big deal. But still, I was kind of like, huh, this is interesting. A few years after that, now we're catching up <laughs> a lot more to modern times. I was an independent consultant and a fractional CMO for a variety of tech companies. And I was focused on account-based marketing, which was you know, the hottest new thing that everybody was like, oh my God, I have to learn about this. I have to figure this thing out. And I actually learned a fair bit about ABM. So I started just really putting it out there, just writing long form articles, short form posts, recording videos, creating graphics about ABM and just putting it out there. And that's how I got all my clients. I, I never made a sales call. I never ran an ad. People read what I had to say on LinkedIn and thought, hey, this guy seems to know what he's talking about. He's talking about the problems that we deal with. He's demonstrating subject matter expertise and a whole lot of passion for this. I want to talk to this guy. So people would reach out to me and you know, we'd have a call or we'd go for coffee or whatever. And then sometimes at the end of that, they'd say, all right, how do I hire you? And that's how I got all my clients. And so that was finally when the light really went on to LinkedIn done right is not just for companies, it's for people. And it's not just for cheerleading for your company. It's, it's for really, as Perry Hedrick, who's, who's amazing on LinkedIn, I'd give him true influencer status. As he says, ungate your mind, you know, like mm. just give it all away, just share and, and, and really educate and inspire and help others. And the right people will be the path to your door. And uh, so that was, that was a transformational experience for me. And now I work for a company that creates tools and training and other things that helps large sales teams and, and executive teams and others do exactly. So I'm very fortunate to sort of meander my way into a role where my personal passions very nicely align with, with my job, uh, which yes. is very fortunate. But I didn't start out with some master plan. When I think back mm. to those early days, even when I worked there, I just thought that's a cool place for companies to post jobs and run ads. So thanks for sharing all that. It's a great story. And I'm taking away, I think, at least two things from that. One is that LinkedIn itself has changed quite a bit. It used to be, as you just described, a place to people looking for jobs, companies looking for talent, a place to post your resume, essentially. And now it's evolved into something quite different than that. Still has that element, but it's more of like an ongoing worldwide conversation about conversation business. is exactly exactly the way i like it i like to say it's the world's greatest ongoing business conversation and yeah yeah it's amazing what happens when you embrace that mindset you start to do everything different. yeah and the the second thing is that the way that you that that you embrace that mindset in particular and, and i think and this is what we're going to delve into a little bit more the way that people ought to embrace that mindset i think is as an as a human being because I think you said you just started sharing things just as a person, you know, not yeah. as a official representative of your company, just as Steve Watt. Hey, I got some stuff I think other people might be interested in. Here it is. Absolutely. Some stuff I'm learning, some stuff that's going well, some stuff that I'm struggling with, some, you know, problems I'm trying to solve, some things I wish I knew three years ago that I know now. Mm -hmm. It's like, yes, it's not that polished 
PR statement. It's not about, let me tell you why my company is great. It's, it's about me as a modern professional showing up and speaking up with confidence and, and with purpose. And, and it, it's interesting. People often ask me, like, how do you think about talking about personal stuff versus talking about business stuff? And it's like, you know, well, everyone's going to find their own way. I have no interest in sharing pictures of my meals, or I also don't <laughs> share pictures of my kids, love them as I do. And some people do. And that works for them. I don't. I talk about business topics, but I talk about it in a human voice. Yeah. I'm not pitching products. I'm not reciting crafted messaging yeah. points. I'm, I'm talking like a real authentic human who cares a whole lot and has learned a bunch of stuff about business topics. And that works for me. But, but you know, the big takeaway for me is that we're all, we all ought to find our own our own way. Some people are more personal, some are more business, some yeah. are more serious, some are more humorous. Uh, some like to do long form, like authoritative content. Others like to do takes and, you know, I'm, there's no one right way other than to say, be a human and try to be helpful. I, you know, maybe one way to think of it, tell me, tell me if you agree with this, in a way, that's like LinkedIn sort of becoming more like other social media platforms where from the jump, the idea very much was just individual people sort of talking to each other and sharing stuff. The content is different, right? Like on Facebook, you're, you are much more likely to see somebody's meal or you know, a pair of shoes they want to buy or something like that. Not going to see so much of that on LinkedIn. It's going to be more business related, but the tone and kind of the the place that it's coming from is a little is not so totally different. In other words, from the, the personal, from the individual, it's more personal. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, if it's a contentious issue, and, and a lot of people say LinkedIn's becoming more like Facebook, and they mean that as a criticism, right? And and, and like full stop, like this is bad. It's it, that it's becoming like that. I don't want, and I and I kind of agree, and I kind of disagree. Hundred percent agree with what you said a moment ago that. LinkedIn is much more human. You know, I like, I like to say there's three big changes going on simultaneously, going from very corporate voice to human. It's going from very much broadcast, like just push stuff out there and count the eyeballs and count the clicks and it's becoming much more conversation. So from corporate to human voice, from broadcast mindset to a conversational mindset and the content that's, that resonates, the content that makes it possible to be a real human and, and possible to spark and, and further conversations has to be way less promotional and much more educational and inspirational and helpful. So yeah, that starts to take you into a place where people can go, whoa, 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 we're looking like Facebook now. Like, I don't like it. But again, we're all going to be a little bit different. And some people go into topics that I wouldn't personally choose to go into, but that's okay. I'm not the yeah. LinkedIn police, you know? I can scroll on by, you know, I don't like, I don't need to make everyone be like me. You know, I think we all now have permission, all more empowered now as modern professionals to find our own way there. And people like me will, will share our perspective on best practices and our own experiences on what works for, for us and what doesn't work. But at the end of the day, you know, you get to be you and I get to be me. And if I don't like what you do, I, I don't have to engage. You know, so um, just I, 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 I tend to sidestep the like, is it more like Facebook? And I just say, you know what? It's just more human. 
so now, you know, from the point of view of, let's say, uh, you know, a marketing leader at a B2B company, and of course, LinkedIn is going to be on their radar at the very least, right? Probably active on the platform in some way. And I think the natural tendency there, assuming they're not sort of as conversant with LinkedIn as somebody like you who's sort of gone through this journey and tried it, if you're you know, maybe a little newer to LinkedIn, you might think, well, of course, we're going to be posting as our company, you know, with updates on what's going on or maybe useful, you know, information and stuff like that, because that's how you normally do marketing, B2B marketing, right? You're not posting it as individual people. You're posting it as, as the company. But you're really saying something quite different that, yeah, you can still post stuff on your company page or whatever. But I think the data bears this out, too, that those kind of posts get way less traction and way less reaction and engagement than posts from individual people. But I can see how that might seem really counterintuitive to say a marketing leader, like, all right, we need content for LinkedIn, right? How would you explain this to a marketing leader who's like, yeah, Steve, we need to be on LinkedIn, but like, who's supposed to do the posting? Me or like individual members of my team? Like, they're just individuals. How does that benefit the company as a whole? Here's, here's the way I just, I say, first of all, keep doing what you're doing with your company page. Grow your followers, have an active voice out there, share good content on your company page. Absolutely. I'm not, I would never say don't do that. It's necessary, but it's not sufficient. I draw a parallel to edge computing. So anyone who knows anything about edge computing knows that the basic premise is that processing power used to live at headquarters, you know, big mainframes, big processing power at headquarters and out in the field, in the oil fields, in the factories, wherever it was, it was just blunt instrument, dumb instruments, no processing power. And edge computing is transforming logistics. It's transforming the energy economy and everything else by pushing processing power to the edge. And now we've got millions of smart instruments in the field, which are way more effective and way more efficient than the old blunt instruments. And I think the exact same thing's happening with brand. And I think most marketers aren't seeing. They're still in an old world mindset of the brains is at headquarters. The message comes from headquarters. The voice comes from headquarters. The content comes from headquarters. And everybody else out there is essentially a blunt instrument meant to serve headquarters. And I think what the leading firms are now seeing is that brand lives at the edge. Brand lives in your people. Brand lives in the reputations of your people. It lives in the relationships your people form. It, it lives in the trust that your people form. And if you've got two firms that are otherwise equivalent in every way, but one of them has pushed brand to the edge and really empowered and enabled hundreds of people, thousands of people potentially to really show up and speak up and build reputation and build relationships and, and build trust at scale, they're going to crush that other company that still thinks, oh, no, 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 everything, everything has to come from headquarters. And I think, you know, I like to call them the super connected enterprises. It's a rather aspirational view of where we're going. I don't think anyone is fully there yet, but I think it's where we're going that these super connected enterprises that really empower brand the edge are going to be dominant. I mean, they're going to be, we're all going to want to work for them. We're all going to want to buy from them. We're all going to be brand advocates for them. We're going to refer them to our friends and our colleagues. Like they're, they're going to get the lion's share of media coverage. Like I just think on every metric, 
the super connected enterprises that really empower their people at the edge are, are going to win. So I would say to that marketing leader who says, why should we do this? As, as Gretzky said, do you want to skate to where the puck used to be or where the puck's going, right? This is where the puck's going. I'm, I'm 100% convinced of it. And if I'm a marketing leader or I'm a CEO or I'm on the board, I want my company to be part of the future and not part of the past. So yeah, yeah. Keep doing corporate advertising. Keep doing corporate content. By all means, keep doing it, but don't stop that. I love the Wayne Gretzky reference. Could well, ask I am yourself, a Canadian. Well, I, I, I right. have to get a hockey reference. It's going to slip one in, you know. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, you ask yourself, what would Wayne do in this situation? That's right. Right. Uh, you're not going to do much better skate, than him. So. Wayne would skate to where the puck's going to be. Yeah. You know? And, and he has the advantage of, and, and it's one thing to see it. And, and in yeah. fairness, like it's, it's easy for me to pontificate about it. It's a lot harder to make it real, which is another line of inquiry. But a lot of people don't see it. And a lot of companies just don't see it at yeah. all. I talk to a ton of marketing leaders, sales leaders, executives in, in all sorts of companies, all sizes, all industries. And sometimes we have this amazing meeting of the minds and we're like, yeah, yes, and yes, and. And other times it's like, wow. My humble opinion, they are stuck in a mindset from a decade or more ago. They are not seeing this at all. And to me, that's exciting because that, that's a massive opportunity to build mm -hmm. an advantage. I mean, I think I can understand why this is hard to see. Because essentially, in a way, you're talking about sort of giving up power or sharing power. I'm not sure if, if that's exactly the right phrase. Dismantling at least a little bit that centralized model that you were describing of, you know, headquarters and everything brand related has to be tightly locked down there. And anyone who says anything at all ever be super duper careful about, you know, is it on brand, off brand? And I, I mean, I think baked into this, like once as a company, once you kind of start empowering your people to be like, hey, go be, do you on LinkedIn. You know, get into the conversation. Don't have to talk about the company. In fact, maybe don't talk about the company expressly. But still, people will look and see like, oh, Steve is, you know, works for Seismic. That's interesting. So in a way, you kind of are, you are linked to that company, right? You get, The leaders have to be comfortable with people in a kind of unpoliced way, talking, being part of a conversation without having first to check in and being like, is this okay for me to say, right? I can understand how that could be kind of scary. If you're used to doing it the old way, it can be. I hear that a lot. And I challenge people. I say, okay. So you're really uncomfortable with what your people might say on social. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, do you let them use the phone? Of course. Do you let them send emails, you know, to customers, prospects? Other... Well, yeah, of course. Do you let them go to conferences and talk to people or do they have to like, you know, sit with it in the dome of silence? Oh no, of course <laughs> we do. Right. Do you let them go to meetings? You know, well, yeah. Okay. Well, do they have to clear everything that they're going to say on that phone call or that email or, or that they're going to say over cocktails at the conference? Do what, what do they like text it to you before they say it and get your approval? No, of course not. That would be ridiculous. Okay. So you trust people on all these other mediums. Like you, you hire people, you train them, you enable them to be good on all these other channels. And, and then you trust them to be a grown up. You know, to be an adult, be a, be a professional in all these other ways. And in the rare instances where something goes wrong, you deal with it. Well, yeah. Okay. So why is social so fundamentally different to you? Why do you have so much trust for your people in other areas and so little trust for them over here? And I've yet to have anyone except for 
the one possible exception there is when people are in financial services or some heavily regulated mm-hmm. industry mm-hmm. and they say, yeah, but over here, it, you know, they could get us sued. They could get us fine. It's like, sure. okay, yeah, that is fair. And there are tools that can help with that. You know, there are mm-hmm. tools that can monitor and archive and block, you know, profanity or promissory statements and things like that. Yeah, that's real. But, you know, in most industries, not a regulated industry, there, there's no more or less risk on social media than there is on the phone, on email, face to face. And, and, but we're just comfortable with those things because we've been doing them forever. I'm sure 25 years ago or whenever email, I'm sure people freaked out about, oh my God, I, I don't want people sending emails. What if they say the wrong thing? And then it just became like, can you imagine being a yeah, business right. person and not using email? Like that'd be ridiculous, right? It's just part of what you do. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think social again, to where the puck is going, social's on that road. And it's going to, we're going to look back later and think, <laughs> remember when we got, oh, you know, got our, our shorts in a knot about that. That was kind of silly. Yeah. Really interesting. And, and maybe a little bit, a little ways to go to get to a place where more people are sort of on board with this, this way of yeah. thinking about LinkedIn and kind of in, it really is, I think, kind of a fascinating notion and kind of a paradigm shift, right? It if that makes you sense. Know, I, I often say, you know, social is too important to leave to marketing. And I, and I say that mm. as someone who is a marketer by education, a marketer by profession, it's too important to leave to marketing. Marketing is going to build the company's reputation. They're not going to build your yeah. reputation. You know, marketing is going to drive website traffic and, you know, clicks. They're not going to build your relationships. As a modern professional, especially if you're in sales, but even if you're in other yeah. functions, whether you care about hiring the best people or serving your clients to the best of your ability, your reputation matters. Your relationships matter. Trust matters. Your marketing team is not going to build those things for you. So yeah. sit this out at your peril. Well, Steve, so much more we could talk about. As somebody who spends a good deal of time on LinkedIn, um, it's a fascinating platform and so much more we could talk about. I want to wrap it up. I don't want to take any, any more of your time. So, well, first, how can people contact you? Obviously, LinkedIn's a pretty good way, right? <laughs> Absolutely, Jeremy. Uh, please reach out on LinkedIn. I, I regularly, almost every day, I'm writing about this stuff, sharing, openly sharing what I'm learning and, and what I see, you know, where I see our clients, seismic clients mm-hmm. thriving, where I see them struggling, my own experiences. And uh, yeah, so by all means, send me a connection request or a follow, whatever you prefer. Shoot me a question uh, on LinkedIn. That is absolutely the best place to be. Great. And, and I really do encourage you to check out Steve on LinkedIn. I've learned a lot from you, Steve, about LinkedIn and how to use it. And it's a really, uh, you, you share some really, some really good stuff. So I encourage all of our listeners to check Steve out and engage in conversation. So Meanwhile, Steve, thank you so much for your time and sharing all this. Uh, Really enjoyed it. Really appreciate it. Thank you. I love talking about this stuff. It's been an absolute pleasure, Jeremy. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. 
That's C-O-N-N-Versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at Conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.